0: You open up a manhole, at the bottom of which you open up a womanhole, at the bottom of which you open up a door that is actually a sandwich that you burned in your toaster oven last Wednesday. You take a bite out of that sandwich, and it tastes okay. It's only then you realize that it's not food in your mouth, but instead an actual witch made of sand, who has now sent you sideways into a half-dimensional plane for taking a bite out of her. The half-dimensional plane is one of those with no assigned seats, so you watch as half the passengers completely misinterpret the rules. You shared an awkward moment of eye contact with the crepuscular light adjacency. I'm Luke Alexander, and I'll be guiding you through this alien realm. Some of the stories you hear will be long, some of them will be short, and all of them will be outlandishly bizarre. which in the crepuscular light adjacency means, completely ordinary and unremarkable. Today, we'll be reading chapter one of a story called O to the Power of Four, subtitled, Otto Observes Other Omniverses. Let us begin. A sepia-colored hot air balloon bobbed through the sky. Fundamentally, the universe isn't dissimilar to a fondue pot of the finest spiced cheeses, Sharp cheddar, the rough edges of reality, permeate every taste sensation in the dish. Parmesan is always sold in a dusty sand-like form that can never be fully identified as here nor there, or indeed anywhere, the cheesy electron cloud. Goat cheese is opposite to cow cheese as matter to antimatter, darkness to light. String cheese, string theory. Limburger doesn't make any sense as a cheese because it's not any sort of burger, nor is it any sort of limb. The universe doesn't make any sense either. Otto contemplated the fabric of reality as he jiggled down the rickety road in his PT Cruiser. A cheesy aroma dribbled out the thin slits of his air conditioning system, running over peeling pleather and seeping into sticky soda stains. Otto's glassy marbles were staring through his glasses at the road, but all he was seeing was the big wheel of cheese in the sky, the cheese of the universe, slowly spinning and dripping with hot wax. Otto was a theoretical physics professor. That is, he was a professor of theoretical physics. He was not simply a person suspected of possibly, or theoretically, being a professor of theoretical physics. His life consisted entirely of speaking in sentences that were meandering, self-referential, and halfway nonsensical. He was brainstorming his next lecture on the way home from his last lecture, and lecturing himself in the process for not taking his lectures more seriously. All deeply ingrained ingredients in the fondue pot of Otto's Monday routine. What Otto never expected in the fondue pot of his Monday routine at this moment was the cheese. Though he daydreamed of cheese, and he smelled cheese, and in his mind he visualized the universe as a large wheel of cheese, the thought that the cheese was coming to him never brushed the hair of Otto's mind. If Otto had really been thinking of anything other than cheese, he would have realized the signs that the cheese was coming had been there all day. The news anchor on his television screen had told children to say cheese as they posed with the weatherman. Suspicious. The billboard he passed every morning had stopped telling Otto that he was a tall blonde woman who wanted her dinosaur back tattoo removed and instead informed him that a new cheese shop was opening soon. How soon was a mystery. When he stopped by the vending machine in between classes, he found that the only bags of chips left were cheese-flavored, and therefore inedible. A cruel joke in an indifferent world. Otto suddenly took notice of the large semi-truck in front of him. He hadn't noticed it before, perhaps because it was unremarkable in every way, except that it was veering off the side of the road while braking heavily. The back of the truck swung violently like a wild ferret, toppling over and spilling open. A barrage of wheeled cheeses tumbled forth, bouncing and rolling across the road and colliding with a lanky motorcyclist who was battered into a muddy ditch. Otto slammed his brake pedal. The car juttered to a halt, its front bumper an eyelash away from a thick wheel of cheese. The bizarreness of this event, in conjunction with the earlier cheese impressions Otto's Monday had been filled with, made the entire situation feel surreal. Almost fake. Like the entire world was wrapped in a melty plastic sheet of all the same thing, and that that thing was looking at Otto and laughing at him for being so confused. Otto opened his car door, climbed out and looked carefully at the wheel of cheese in front of his car. There was a sticker of a cartoon Tyrannosaurus Rex wearing a chef's hat on the cheese's wax covering. The motorcyclist clambered out of the ditch, caked in mud, blood, and shock. He gripped his helmet with both hands and popped it off like a head on a Lego toy. His long, dark hair puffed up and fell in his face. The motorcyclist was older than Otto physically and his wrinkles and overall shriveled nature made that clear but in mannerisms he was youthful in a way that was best described as dude-esque dude that was whack the motorcyclist's goatee enhanced the jiggle of his jowls Otto shuddered involuntarily look at all this cheese man that's crazy. I love cheese. Otto stared as a man in dress pants and a cardigan wood and a man in thick leather everything. The thick leather everything came with a side order of tassels and a crusty musk that singed Otto's eyebrows from 30 feet away. Hey, bud, you look a little strung out. The biker trudged up to Otto, and got closer than necessary to his face, placing a hand on Otto's shoulder. "'Let's have a fat doobie!' "'Excuse me?' Otto shuddered. The biker produced a large, tightly-packed joint from a pocket in his jacket. "'Let's be doobie brothers!' "'No thanks. I I don't do that.' Otto looked to the semi-truck, crumpled and smoldering, We should check and see if anyone's in there. Oh, and call the police. Oh yeah, guess my head's just a little rattled after being stricken by a huge wheel of cheese. (laughs) But after we check on that, we are getting super baked. The biker turned to look at the truck, then back to Otto. He stuck out a bloody hand and squeezed Otto's into a limp, yet demanding shake. I'm Cliff, by the way. Uh, Otto. I'm Otto. Cool, man. Cliff continued to shake Otto's hand for an unnecessarily long moment. Once he was released, Otto watched as Cliff sauntered over to the wreckage and peered around the semi's cabin. Hello? Anybody? After some searching, Cliff looked to Otto and gave a lackadaisical shrug. Nobody's there, dude. Otto was confused, but not confused enough to walk through the field of cheeses to join the first person who'd spoken to him outside a classroom setting in the last eight years. Isn't that kind of weird? Cliff jerked his head a little, gesturing Otto over. Otto watched the cheeses as he approached Cliff. They stared into the cabin of the semi-truck. This is totally weird, man. No blood. No body. Like they just... disappeared. Cliff's pause before the word disappeared was accompanied by a conspicuous gaze off into the distance. What... What are you staring at, Cliff? Huh? Oh, I thought I saw a sepia-colored hot air balloon coming down out of the sky! I don't know if I actually did. I've done a lot of psychedelics, man. (laughs) Otto kept within him a short list of programmed responses for social interactions that drew a complete blanket this statement. So he stood there with a stone face, as if he had heard nothing. Cliff stood there with a stone face too, but of a different design. Dude, are you sure you don't smoke? Because your face is absolutely granite. No. I was just thinking. Cliff flicked his lighter a number of times and, after finally succeeding, took a long, deep draw from his joint. Otto watched as the tip ignited, blackened, and withered. Your turn, buddy. Cliff rasped as smoke trickled out of his lips. Otto looked at the joint. Never a man of action as much as contemplation, Otto shocked himself by grasping the joint and taking a cautious drag. You alright, buddy? Yeah. I just, I told you I don't do this. I've never smoked before. Cliff's eyes widened. We'll get ready for a good time, man. <laughs> Otto noticed his perception flooding around like a drunk butterfly, and a strange feeling of joy and calm covering him like a fuzzy blanket. An already strange day had become miles stranger, and he became even more certain that the cheese he had seen referenced throughout that day, up to this very moment, had all been arranged in some way as to make him look and feel. Incredibly foolish. Do, do you think this cheese is laughing at us, Cliff? Otto had suddenly become comfortable enough to bear his soul to someone even stranger than the art students forced to take his classes. Cliff let out a laugh of joy. Do I think the cheese is laughing at us? He laughed again and again and gave Otto a smelly hug, patting him on the back far more than a reasonable amount. Do I think the cheese is laughing at us? Oh, buddy! (laughs) Otto was dead serious. The Tyrannosaurus chef on each and every roll of cheese was far too jovial for a carnivorous beast. It made no sense to have a Tyrannosaurus as the mascot of a cheese brand, and even less sense to have one as a chef. Their arms were tiny and they didn't even have hands. Tyrannosaurus couldn't hold a whisk. So, dude, Otto, like who are you? Cliff saved Otto from his mind spiral. They sat down on wheels of cheese which were softening in the lazy sunlight. Who am I? The question filled Otto with fear, like a tyrannosaurus pumping icing into a jelly donut. What do you do? What's your thing? What makes you tick? I'm a professor of theoretical physics. The pre-programmed response had come to Otto's rescue. Wow. Hetty. I'm a botanist. Cliff winked. Are, are you saying you grow this stuff? Otto looked at the smoldering joint. What? No! Cliff looked absolutely perplexed. I just try and wink sometimes. I think it looks cool. I grow ferns and succulents and flowers. House plants Makes me happy to make them happy, you know. Professor, what's it like? What do you think about? I don't know. I spend a lot of time thinking about reality, about what it means, and... How real things are that exist, and how real things are that don't exist, or don't exist yet, or maybe they can't exist, or... Bang. As the gunshot echoed through the air, saving them both from the conversation at hand, Cliff spit out his joint and grabbed Otto by the arm. Oh, we gotta get out of here, dude! They're coming! What? 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 Grab some cheese and follow me. Grab some cheese? Dude, don't question me. You are about to have some mad munchies. Otto grabbed a wheel of cheese, immediately stricken by its density and his lack of athleticism. Bang! Another gunshot. This one grazed Cliff's shoulder, ripping open his leather jacket as he hoisted his motorcycle out of the ditch. Otto remembered that he had a P.T. cruiser sitting in the middle of the road. The P.T. cruiser, while not known for its ability to accelerate, was Otto's property. He didn't want to leave it with unknown gunslingers and unknown cheeses. Vroom, vroom, vroom! Cliff revved his engine. Get over here, man! Bang! This one whirred right past Otto's ear. He stumbled over to Cliff's motorcycle. Ratchet the cheese to the back with these straps, and then hop on! Cliff produced rusty ratchet straps. These tangled pieces of tetanus fabric might as well have held all the mysteries of the universe because Otto was similarly unable to unravel them or determine how to make use of them. You could probably write a paper about it, though. Can't we just go? I don't want to get shot. Dude, we are not leaving here without that cheese. Otto fumbled around the back of the motorcycle with the straps, eventually tying the cheese wheel to the storage container on the back of the motorcycle with them as if they were a pair of shoelaces. He then hopped on the back of the bike and embraced his smelly companion. Do you really have to do that? Otto shouted over the roaring engine. No, dude! It just sounds cool! Otto found a moment to glance over at his beloved PT Cruiser. He heard a slight hissing noise and then saw a spark of flame near the back of the vehicle. He watched as his PT Cruiser was engulfed in a fiery explosion. A single tear crawled down Otto's cheek. (sighs) No. What was that, dude? Nothing. Off they sped. Cliff's hair whipped over Otto's face, covering him in scalpy oils. "'You hungry?' Cliff's voice cracked as he shouted over the engine hum. Otto realized that he was ravenous and thought immediately of the cheese. Cliff attempted to make a joke about cutting the cheese and human flatulence, but the wind buffeting their ears made it difficult to stick the landing. Otto turned around, keeping one arm around Cliff, to face his cheesy quarry. Unfortunately, his peripherals picked up something that commanded more attention. A wild pack of mustache-toting, single-lens sunglass-wearing, long-ponytail-rocking, rifle-holstering bikers were tailing them. One in the back had a bazooka. Um, Cliff, who are these guys? What? What? Cliff looked in the side mirror. Oh, them. They're the ones that blew up your crap wagon. (laughs) Crap wagon? That wasn't. Otto stopped himself. It had been a bit of a crap wagon. Why are they chasing you? Who? The bikers that blew up my crap wagon. Oh, (laughs) they just don't like me. See, they've all got... Mustaches, and I've got a goatee. They wear ponytails, and I'm more of a free-flowing fellow. It's silly, really. Bang! The bullet split Cliff's side mirror off. Protect the cheese, Otto. It's about to get crazy in here. About to. With a neck-snapping turn, Cliff veered off the main road into a patch of bush and vines. After Otto's face had been sufficiently stuck, punctured, and scraped, they emerged onto a small dirt trail under a canopy of tall trees. There was but a breath of air to take in the glowing green scenery before a wayward branch sent both driver and passenger toppling off the bike and over themselves. After a lapse of pain, darkness, and hallucinations, Otto pulled himself upright, He noticed the world around him undulating to an unheard rhythm for a second, then came to his senses and watched Cliff sit up. Dude, that was wild. Otto watched as a large spider slid down a web strand in the center of Cliff's forehead. He grimaced. What? Otto pointed a shaky hand at the spider which seemed to get bigger every second he looked at it and to be darkly painted in red, purple, and blue all at once. Oh, that's Lenny. He's probably just thirsty. Cliff looked at Otto's face and saw confusion, prompting his clarification. My forehead's pretty sweaty, dude. Otto struggled to hide his disgust. I'm just messing with you, man, Cliff patted Otto's shoulder. I am pretty hungry, though, Cliff stuck the spider in his mouth and crunched. The only thing to distract Otto from overwhelming nauseation was his own aching belly. Cliff gulped his snack down loudly. The crunch was decent, but I think we both need a little more. Where's that cheese? They scanned their surroundings. The dusty orange road before them faded into the green distance. To the left laid Cliff's motorcycle, cheeseless and disheveled. My baby! Cliff rushed to his motorcycle and clasped it like a large metal child. He then muttered about different parts of the motorcycle and how they were in bad shape, but to Otto it was all a foreign language. Didn't help that in his current mental state... English sounded like a foreign language. Otto decided to put his hungry reasoning to work and find the cheese. He saw that the ratchet straps had ended up dangling from low-hanging branches of a nearby tree. He also saw what looked like bits of melting wax brushed against the leaves of two tall, thick bushes. Otto pushed the brushes apart with much more physical effort than he expected, to find much more to see than he expected. Sitting on the bumpy forest floor was the disheveled wheel of cheese. Hanging above it was a large wicker basket. It was suspended by ropes wrapped around the treetops in impossible knots. Lying across the higher branches like a large blanket was a deflated hot air balloon. The basket Ropes and the balloon were all colored, a deep sepia. Hello? Is someone there? Otto did a double take as he realized a woman was hanging upside down, tangled in one of the ropes. She wore a safari hat, an ascot, and goggles. And from what Otto could tell, all of her clothing, and even her body itself, was tinted sepia. Um, hello there. Otto waved, stepping through the bushes and over the wheel of cheese. Good afternoon! Fancy getting me down? Otto's understanding of physics told him that this was going to be tricky. She was hanging 30, 40, maybe even 50 feet above him. Then again, Otto looked at the wicker basket. It was maybe 15 feet above him. Maybe he could lob the cheese into the wicker basket and maybe the ropes could act as a pulley system to slowly weigh the sepia woman down to the ground. Actually, if the ropes did act as a pulley system, wouldn't putting something heavy in the basket send the sepia woman flying up even higher? And even that was assuming the ropes could bear the added weight of the cheese and wouldn't immediately snap, sending the sepia woman hurling down towards him. And even that was assuming that Otto was strong, enough to hoist the cheese wheel above his head and hurl it accurately enough to send it flying up towards the basket to successfully land, when it was just as if not even more likely that he would pull a muscle and end up a jumbled mess attempting the effort. All of this worrying was made irrelevant when Otto realized that the sepia woman had already fallen from her ropes and was half a thought spiral away from his arms. Splat. In a painful thud and squash, the woman brought Otto down to the ground with her. The cheese wheel underneath them exploded caking them and the forest floor in artisanal pungency. Technically, Otto could have been considered to have caught her because his arms were around her, but they were both laying on the forest floor. Uh, Hello, Otto wheezed. I'm Otto. Dr. Sophia Brown. Her name was Sophia, and she was sepia. Her eyes irises and whites, her hair on her head and her eyebrows and her eyelashes, her tongue and her teeth, her skin, and her faint little hairs that shone off it. All of her was sepia, like she had stepped out of an old film and into the real world and taken a hot air balloon with her. It's uh, nice, nice to meet you, sepia, or Sophia. They gazed into each other's eyes for a second exchanging breaths. Hey dudes, what's going on? Cliff stumbled through the bushes, smoking another joint. Oh man, not the cheese. (laughs) Otto caught a small hint of Sepia Sophia's flowery yet earthy aroma before it was masked by a much earthier aroma from a different kind of flower. Otto and Sepia Sophia pulled themselves up, and unstuck from each other. Otto was extremely uncomfortable, but Sepia Sophia was clearly not acquainted with this concept. "'Well, hello! I'm Dr. Sophia Brown!' She shot out a sepia-gloved hand and shook Cliff's. She was forceful enough to cause him noticeable pain. "'Nice to meet you, Doc. I'm Cliff!' Cliff looked up to see the remnants of the sepia hot air balloon strewn across the treetops. I'll be a frog's front door receptionist. I guess I didn't hallucinate it after all. Unless... Cliff held his hands up to Otto. How many fingers do I have? To ten? I'm not sure that's... Cliff brushed Otto aside. So, what are you doing here, Dr. Sepia? Sepia Sophia paused as if she was unsure what she had just heard before answering. I'm on a research expedition to determine whether it is possible to traverse alternate, parallel, or otherwise adjacent realities. Otto's eyes lit up. He thought about alternate, parallel, or otherwise adjacent realities on the regular. But more in terms of which infinitesimally small particle was where, at what given time, and was there a universe where it was somewhere else, or was there the possibility of a universe where maybe it was indeed somewhere else? Otto realized he had just ungracefully spurted this information into his companion's ears, Eliciting a moment of silence. How fascinating! So these particles, they travel through different possibilities and universes at will. Otto was astounded. CPS Sophia seemed interested in something he had said. It was a unique experience. Y- yes, they are always stepping in and out of different possibilities. Or at least, that's what we think. Really, it could imply that all of us are constantly shifting through universes at every moment. Cliff exhaled. Cliff exhaled thick, grassy smoke. You know, maybe I'm the only one here who's not tripping. (laughs) Otto and Sepia Sophia talked with words that tangled themselves more than the ropes of the hot air balloon above. Cliff, unable to participate, stared at trees and clouds. Otto guessed he was making shapes with them in his mind. Soon enough, the sun had sunk below the horizon, and the three had prepared a makeshift campsite. A small fire crackled, and Sepia Sophia split a delicious sepia peanut butter and sepia jelly sandwich three ways. Soon enough, the three of them were laying on the forest floor, staring at the stars. Otto could almost smell sepia Sophia through the thick cloud of Cliff's musks. Before he drifted off to sleep, he remembered that his beloved PT Cruiser had exploded in hellfire only a few hours ago, and that technically he had a class to teach the next day, and that there might be a motorcycle gang chasing them. But somehow... Looking up at the sky made it seem like it'd all be okay. That concludes our adventure for today and chapter one of O to the Power of Four. Thank you for taking this journey through the crepuscular light adjacency. Remember, listen closely and you just might not learn anything at all. Hey everybody, it's Luke again. I'm glad you made it out of the crepuscular light adjacency. That place is pretty intense. If you really enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on whatever platform you're listening to it with so that you don't miss any of the juicy new episodes. And if you really, really, really like this podcast and you feel inclined to donate more than the time you already have to it, please consider going to Anchor. Dot fm slash crepuscular slash support Once again, that's anchor.fm slash crepuscular slash support If you're having trouble spelling crepuscular like I have, it's C-R-E-P-U-S-C-U-L ar Anchor.fm slash crepuscular slash support. Check it out. All right. Thank you for that. One more thing. I would also like to consider submitting some shorter episodes, maybe 10, 15 minutes, uh, just every couple of weeks or something like that, based on prompts from people listening to this. So if you have just been listening to the crepuscular light adjacency and just start feeling really adjacent and really crepuscular and you just want to get into it, send me a one to two sentence prompt and I'll see what I can get together. If, if you want to do that, send it to adjacency at gmail.com. I'll have that typed in the podcast description. And yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for still being here. I really appreciate it. Talk to you again next episode. Stay crepuscular.